Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in on a Thursday afternoon here. Yes, uh, that is what some parents are saying loudly uh, in this particular high school in Tennessee, which is where we start with this hour. Uh, This was out of Channel 5, out of WVLT, out of Sweetwater, Tennessee. A Tennessee high school football coach has resigned a week after being suspended. WVLT says Sweetwater High School head football coach Caleb Slover was under a thorough investigation that initially prompted his suspension. Coach Slover said... He had not done anything wrong, but a group of parents was trying to influence playing time regarding players on the team. Quote, I have done nothing wrong or improper other than to refuse to make decisions as to the playing time and positions because of a small group of parents with a large influence. Uh, The school district isn't addressing that for obvious reasons. What they said was, it's obvious that Coach Slover was not a good fit for Sweetwater High School. We look forward to moving forward from here on out. I know Colin is going to have some pretty strong opinions about this. Um, Again, it's like today in parents stink uh, when it comes to programs like this. Is this more common than I realize? Is Do, do parents, um, and I don't know what he means exactly by a small group of parents with a large influence that says money to me, that say large influence. And that says to me either like somebody important has a kid on this team or somebody with money for the boosters has a kid on this team. How common is this and how big of a problem is it? Uh, 913-586-7798. Not just in football. Feel free to, to expand this out to other sports. Colin coaches football in his free time. We think. It's not fun. Coaching well, football well, coaching in general. Football, coaching football parents. is great. Love it. Love every second of it. Um, having to, I don't want to say deal with parents, but that's kind of what you have to do sometimes. And that's, like I said, we had another story, I think, early on in the week or last week where, um, lost my whole train of thought there. I'm not even going to go there. It happens. I understand. Um, it's okay. It's just frustrating. It really is. Because my, my job and my goal here. Um, oh yes, so they don't they don't teach you about that, right? And I said I said this before, you know, the X's and O's can be learned, but having to deal with the parents and the extracurriculars and the optics and everything else, that's you know something they can prepare you for, but it's not something you're actively going to be ready to do, especially for someone at my age with limited experience. When I interviewed for the job yeah. uh, a year and a half ago, I was fully aware that I was probably the youngest person you know, applying for this position to coach at, you know, a high level Kansas city Metro football 
area. Right. You know, it's it's a big deal. And I made that clear in, in the interview, and I said, hey, I know I'm probably pretty young, but, you know, I'm going to come in and work and blah, 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 whatever. Um, and it, it is frustrating. And I like to think that when we're I, – I work with the whole team, mm-hmm. right? I primarily work with a lot of the younger kids because I'm younger myself. Right. Um, I work with the freshmen, the sophomores, and the JV squad a little bit. And I really think that it's about – with those kids in particular – it's about keeping them having fun mm-hmm. and keeping them excited to be out there and be out there with their friends and, and to build this, hopefully, momentum to when they get older and when they're playing varsity football, it's very rare you're going to see a freshman play on a varsity squad. Right. It happens, but not not very often. Yeah. So by the time they become those older guys, those junior seniors, and they are on the varsity squad, they're ready for it. You know, I'm I'm trying to prep them and prepare them for what is to come. And that's what I think about the younger freshman, sophomore, JV sort of look at things. Everyone's gonna play on yeah. my team. That's kind of the the philosophy that I have, at least with with the freshmen that I coach. Everyone's gonna play, everyone's gonna get on the field. Some might play more than others. That happens. But yes, everyone will get to play. And I don't need parents. I don't need anyone else from the stands, pardon me here, telling me how to do my job. Yeah. Okay, that's not, and not to be blunt about it, or I'm being blunt about it, not to be mean about it, but to be blunt, I don't need you telling me how to do my job. And sometimes, and this is what I was told, I wasn't a great athlete growing up. I didn't start a lot. I rode the bench a lot in high school, mm-hmm. middle school even, right? I wasn't good enough. And sometimes that's just how it is. That's life. You're There will always be someone that might be more equipped than you or a little bit better than you that's going to fit my needs or the team's needs to help us win and have success. And that's what's frustrating is sometimes parents just don't understand that. And I understand it, and it hurts. It really does. And I don't want to be blunt with the kids, and I'm not going to be mean to the kids. That's not me. That's not my philosophy. That's not what I want to do. But sometimes that's just how it is. That's just life. But, yes, everyone will play for me because I want to see the kids have fun. I want to see them have success. It's not like I want to keep your your son or daughter or whoever on the bench because I don't like them. No, I like all the kids. I want them to be here, and I want them to have fun, but I also want to win. You know, because we play a sport and we play competitively to win, right? So everyone's going to get their chance. Yeah. Um, my fear is, and uh, if you're trying to call here for a second, feel free to call back. Um, my fear is parents are buying their kids' way into more playing time. And that denies other kids whose parents don't have the money or the influence the playing time that they deserve. And they might be better players and they might have scholarships riding on that. They might genuinely be better players and they don't get the same playing time as the, the kids of the parents that can afford um, to buy that kind of influence. It's, it's just dirty. It's just dirty. It it just is. And it's maybe I shouldn't be shocked. Maybe I I shouldn't be so surprised by this. Um, But what is a coach supposed to do in this case, the coach did morally exactly the right thing. The coach said, I don't care who you are. I mean, this is what I assume based on what he said. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have. You don't get to, you don't get to buy your way into how we're going to do this. 
And it stinks that that coach ended up losing his job to stick by that because it's also possible. Again, I, I assume this is largely about money. When you stay, when you say things like he said, I assume this is about money. Um, but it's, it's a tough position. If you have a high school that's not as wealthy and you have parents that have the money to buy them, you know, better facilities or better transportation or whatever it is, it's a hard thing to say no to, but you got to stop putting coaches in that position. 913-586-7798. Ashley's called us in KC. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Jamie. Uh, I think a lot of these people, especially if we are talking about people with money, are so used to getting their way Mm -hmm. that when they aren't getting their way and little Johnny or whoever is not getting playing time, then, oh, we're going to get mad and stomp our feet because people don't know how to lose. And a lot of these people are living vicariously through their children. I've seen it with my own son. Uh, and his father. So, you know, we have to quit living, first of all, vicariously through our children. And we also have to realize that little Johnny's probably not going to grow up and be a Patrick Mahomes or a LeBron James. We also need to be teaching these kids that, hey, you're not always going to be the best. And if you're not, that's okay. My younger son, he was in just a uh, fun basketball league several years ago. He missed a shot and started stomping his feet on the court. I walked over behind him at the bench and told him, I ever see you acting like that again. I mean, you should be disappointed. I'm good with that. But don't go stomping your feet and getting all mad and being a sore loser. And I flat out told him, I don't care if you're in the NBA. I will yank you off that court so quick it's going to make your head spin. We've got to teach these kids that it's okay not to be the best at something. It's okay to not get all the playing time that you want, that you think you should have. But with so many parents trying to live vicariously through their kids, it's not being taught. How do we teach it to parents? <laughs> I think is the yeah, bigger, yeah. How, how do we teach parents? Uh, and this is where we're using a lot lately is rejection. How do we teach parents about that? I don't know. Just have to, you know, in my life, rejection was something that happened a lot. You have to be a big enough person and have a a high enough emotional IQ or EQ, whatever they call it, Mm -hmm. to be able to deal with those things. You know, in sobriety, it's always about how you pick yourself up. And that's something that everybody should learn, not just addicts, not just alcoholics. And honestly, people need to get over themselves. You are not nearly as great as you think you are. Ashley, you always tell it straight. I like it. Bye. I appreciate it. 913-586-7798. Am I naive? Does this happen more often than I think? Is, is this going on behind the scenes more than I realize because I don't have a lot of involvement, particularly in high school sports right now? Is, is, is money buying the way through more than I think? And to Colin's point, coming back to what, you know, we're taught as teachers, when we learn to be teachers, what we're taught, there's not a class in politics. There's there's never a class in here's how you deal with parents that get pushy. Frankly, there's not a class in here's how you deal with parents that are rude from the stands or that get physical in the stands. That's nothing we're taught. And we shouldn't be that. That's not something that high school coaches or anybody else should have to be learning especially in the high school level. Just just ridiculous. 913-586-7798. We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your calls next here on KMBZ. All right, coming up at 1.30, a really cool program uh, that is going to have another session coming up later in October that gets dads more ready 
to take care of babies and get dads more ready for parenthood in a lot of ways. We'll get to that here. Interview coming up at 1.30 uh, that we will further get into. Uh, talking about the story that we initially saw out of Channel 5, we had a high school football coach in Sweetwater, Tennessee, who was suspended and now is out of a job because he says he didn't give in to a small group of parents with a lot of influence who were trying to influence playing time of their kids on his high school football team. He says, I just was not going to give into that. And so now I'm out of a job, but fine. The district said uh, it was obvious that Coach Slover was not a good fit for Sweetwater High School. And we look forward to moving on. He says, I've done nothing wrong or improper other than to refuse to make decisions as to playing time and positions because of a small group of parents with a large influence. Give me insight into how big of a problem this is. And I say not just in football, but in other sports as well. I just think parents need to stay out of this stuff more, but it's it's really scary if this is happening as much as it seems like. We'll go to the phones. Candace is first up at a mission. Hi, Candace. Hi. Well, hats off to this coach, and hopefully he will quickly find another position since he has exhibited his level of ethics for all to see. Um, I It's been more decades than I care to admit how long I have personally been in school sports, and unfortunately I was one of those kids with a parent who made it pretty miserable for everybody involved. But I'm wondering, since this is such a wide-ranging problem, whether it's wielding influence or just bad conduct, um, is there are there any leagues or schools or districts that have a written code of conduct? And this might be part of it, like don't try to wield influence into how the game is being played or don't yell at the refs or the coach or the other kids, whatever it might be. The word it's a written code of conduct with what the disciplinary would be, which might include removing the child from the team where the parents have to sign it. And I'm thinking we might start needing to implement this in other forms of existence, including flying on a plane. I mean, Here's the only thing that, like... that makes me cringy about that, Candace, and, and it's just how do we feel about punishing kids for the behavior of their parents? Well, you know... Honestly, it's not so much about punishing the kids because I can tell you as somebody who was the child of the parent who stood on the sidelines and screamed like a maniac, Mm -hmm. um, that was not an enjoyable experience for me. Um, So that's not an enjoyable experience. So, I, I, you know, I think the mentality of the parent who's doing that, if, if they're being told, look, your kid's going to be yanked off the team, if you are involved in this behavior, they're probably not going to do it in most cases. Interesting. So I just I think that you can't just allow this behavior to continue. Um, it's just getting to be too much. Could not agree with you more. Thanks a lot, Candace, for getting in. I appreciate it. Yeah. If, um I don't know if you can weigh in on if parents ever have to sign a. We don't hear about that very often. If that exists, it it doesn't exist much where parents have to sign a code of conduct. And again, I I get weirded out about the idea of kids taking the fall for something their parents are doing. But I, I do get the the idea that maybe it would set parents straight because they know the kids are going to be punished for something that you are doing. Let's see. Independence next. Let's get Joe on. Hi, Joe. 
Hey, good morning. Good Hi. afternoon. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> hey, I've been involved in sports since I was a kid. Uh, and kind of like the lady previously, you know, had a mother that liked to do a lot of yelling. No cussing, no bad language, just a lot of yelling, you know. But uh, none of my daughters played sports, but I have 12 grandkids, and all of them have played sports. Two of them are in college, and I have been to those games. And I'm not wanting to talk about the parents. I'm wanting to talk about through all these years, all the different coaches that I have seen that are yelling and screaming at the kids, cussing at the kids. Yeah. Uh, recently here in Kansas, or I think it was Kansas City, um, where we had a teenage kid punched by the coach in the face. Yeah. And, yeah, and there are so many coaches, especially in competitive leagues, not necessarily the school leagues, but the competitive leagues, that they want to win so bad that they will do whatever it takes and not play the kids that aren't any good, or they shun the kids and keep them off their teams so they can have a winning team. And that's what frustrates me so much because every, every kid wants, not every kid, but most kids want to play sports of some kind. I mean, and should, ha- and should have an opportunity to, but. I didn't. But I, I agree with you that every kid should have the opportunity. Frankly, every kid should have the opportunity to do any of that stuff in any sure, level of school they, that they, they want. want. If they want to, yeah, yeah. If they want to. If they don't want to, don't push them into it. Right. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's. Uh, thanks for I the call. Just, I would just come down on the coaches and that kind of stuff. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Uh, let's see. Let's get a couple more in here. Pam is next up in Kansas City. Hi, Pam. Hi. Um, my thing is that there's a lot of especially in the small towns where you have a superintendent that's related to the athletic director. The athletic director has is related to a teacher that is a coach. And there's just so much good friends, good old boys taking care of each other. And their kids play first before the others, no matter if their kid is that great or not. Yeah, my high school was that way. I was in a really small school district. And yeah, you could look at the last names of some of the kids yep. versus superintendent versus athletic director versus coach. Yeah, it was exactly. it was the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. it's, that's my complaint. I appreciate it, Pam. It's um. so the problem with that is just I'm not trying to point out the problem with everything, but I just I'm cringy in every direction about this. We need people to coach. <laughs> we need people to do the jobs. And if that's who's qualified, that's who's qualified. And and that's a whole other thing. Again, that's another hour of a show about when you have the coaches that's related to the kid or the superintendent's kid is on the team. And, and that gets into a whole other thing because they have actual real power over that coach. I mean, they're an authority figure over that coach. And that puts that coach in an even harder position that I can't imagine. All right, let's wrap this up here with Joe and Shani. Hi, Joe. Hi, how's it going today? Great. Thanks for calling. Um, I've been a nationally certified coach for, you name it, uh, wrestling for 15 years, football for 20 years. Uh, I've done volleyball. I've done basketball. Uh, I even, I hate to say it, but I even ended up coaching soccer. But it's a lot of the parents because the kids, you know, a lot of them, they're like, okay, I'm on the team. Great. And 
it's more of the camaraderie with the, the other players. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the the parents themselves. I've even had a uh, parent attack me trying to walk to my car after coaching a game because I pushed his kid. I told his son, uh, you know, you're you're up too high. You're going to get hit for a face mask. Well, two plays later, well, I told him he was going to sit for the rest of the half. So I'm walking to the car. I've got, you know, water jug, footballs, uh, everything. And he tries to tackle me in the on the way to the parking lot. Well, unfortunately for him, he found out that wasn't a very thing, smart thing to do to the wrestling coach. So, uh, you know, the parents, well, they played football in junior high, but, you know, they think their kid's all world. I coached T-ball out uh, west of Kansas City, and I had one one parent called and said, well, my son's going to back, going to play third base. And I just told the dad, it's like, you know, the Yankees haven't called <laughs> to opt in your kid for A-Rod. So <laughs> he's going to play wherever the hell I put him. And the way I did it was I made a list in alphabetical order. Now in T-ball, there's 10 positions. A starts at 1, and Z goes to 10. And every inning, they go up one number. And for batting order, it's Z to A. Z hits lead off for the first inning of the first game, second inning. I mean, and, you know. It's Joe, just, we got to wrap it up here because I'm up against a break, so. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, the parents need to let the coaches do their job. The coaches need to have the backbone to say no to a parent and let the kids have fun. That is a very good note to end this on. I appreciate everybody that got in. Let the kids have fun. That's a great note to end this on. Uh, speaking of kids, coming up after 1.30, uh, once a month, there's a group of dads that get together and learn some very basic skills when it comes to kids. We'll talk about how the idea got going and what they learned coming up next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, so it's a pretty cool idea. Once a month, you have a group of new dads that get together over a beverage 
and learn some of the basics of child care and infant care. Some of those basics that are only taught in other ways that maybe are not as approachable. And leading that group is Nate Matson, a registered nurse and clinical instructor in Kansas City. He's on the line with us to tell us more about babies and beer. Nate, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Um, okay, so first of all, tell us how the idea of this came to be. Yeah, so I work as an infant transition nurse in the hospital setting. So typically when uh, a baby comes, there's somebody that takes care of mom and there's somebody that takes care of baby. Um, and I've seen firsthand the need for a readiness class for dads. I don't ever fault a dad who's not prepared um, because if you look at what's out there, it's not much. Um, and so I drink dreamed up a bridge for this called Babies and Beer, a new dad's class, a place for dads to find community, learn some evidence-based newborn care, and have fun in a comfortable environment like a brewery. So not only is the goal for them to engage with their infant, but also to be a supportive partner. Uh, first of all, you do this at Brew Lab, which is in downtown Overland Park, and that's part of yeah. what got my attention. I've brewed beer there multiple times, uh, done a lot with them over the years, and they are all cool, all the guys that run that place. Um, so how did word start to get out? Who, how did you start to recruit kind of the first guys to be involved? Yeah, that's the uh, social media, right? The power of media. So I reached out to, um, I work at work in Kansas city area. I told my um, colleagues that I was thinking about starting this business. And I just asked, you know, please tell anybody, you know, that might be having a baby. And I started with classes, um, as size of three. Uh, all the way to 15. So it's right now, it's word of mouth and spreading the word on social media. And I wanted to talk more about it because, first of all, this is the first time I've heard anything like this of a parenting class. And it's not a parenting, a childcare class for yeah. little, little babies just for dads. And I ask, where would men normally learn some of the basic stuff? And we'll talk about some of the stuff that, that you teach, but where would men normally learn that? Yeah, so you've got uh, really three options. One, you buy the book um, or one of the couple of books that are out there for parenting and raising a child and what to expect. Two, you go to YouTube and you type in how to be a dad. Um, and then three is most most hospitals do have a, a dad's class um, that's taught, you know, every so often that you can attend if you need to. But other than that, when you look across the metro, if you type in dad's class, new parenting class for dads, uh, the results were zero. Can I also assume that the fourth way that dads learn is from mom? Kind yeah. of kind uh, of as, as time goes? Right. And that's, that's part of what sets it behind is that ultimately the mom is feeling the brunt of the burden during the highest stress times. Um, and we need to get dads um, upskilled in being able to prepare from the time that that baby is welcomed into the world. How is the education of dads in some of this basic child care stuff different than how moms would learn it in terms of, I don't know where moms learn it because I've never had a baby, but why can't dads learn it at the same time in the same way? Yeah, because a lot of times they talk about, you know, the changes that are going to happen to your body, what to expect. And um, they talk about the lactation process of how milk is made. They talk about the delivery process from what's going to happen inside of you and for dad, um, yes, albeit helpful information to know, um, it's not really information that they're going to use. And so instead of um, how we talk about milk production for women and the feeling of a letdown, I talk to dads about how to be a partner with your uh, spouse or your partner um, that you're having this child with, how to support breastfeeding as the partner versus the person who can actually breastfeed. 
Okay, let's talk about what you teach and how you decided what should be taught. Yep. Um, so we start with the labor process. Uh, when you go into a hospital room and somebody walks in and starts telling and talking to your partner to say, hey, you are two centimeters dilated. Um, the dad or the partner in the room who has not read or been upskilled in the delivery process is like, great, two centimeters. That sounds great. And then they leave without any knowledge idea of what two centimeters means. Not, hey, dad, take a breath. We have to get to 10. Right. Right. And so we start with the infant labor process. We go through the delivery process. It comes to a shocker for dads that all babies come out gray, purple, sometimes with cottage cheese looking stuff all over them. And they think, oh, no, this is really bad. Uh-huh. And I tell them, no, it's actually what do you expect when you see a newborn. So please try to remain calm, be supportive. And everything that you're seeing is normal. Uh, we start with some standard newborn care, how to change a diaper feeding, supporting that breastfeeding, um, car seats, and the, how important it is to get your car seat checked before, um, having the humbleness as a dad, not just to read the insert, but to actually go to a fire station, go to a police station, go to a clinic um, that has these car seat checks. And we can do that before baby comes as something that we are in control of. So most of what you've described is what happens before baby comes. What about after yeah. baby comes? After baby comes, what do you expect? How, like, what medications are your babies going to get uh, when they're in the hospital? What resources can you um, access when you are at the hospital or immediately after the feeding, uh, bottle feeding? So we know that if a partner is going to not breastfeed, that we can be involved right away with feeding. So how in the heck are you going to feed this thing uh, or feed this baby, not this thing, feed this baby uh, without making them choke, uh, getting a successful burp out? Things like that. Uh, what are dads most surprised by in the class? What, yeah, what are dads most surprised by? It's actually Everything. those newborn facts right at the beginning, right? It's all of the anatomy of the child. It's all of the unknowns of, okay, I've, I've seen a, my, you know, a friend has brought a baby to my house, and they look pink, beautiful, healthy. They're dressed cute, and they've got all of this awesome stuff. But they're really shocked to know what the, what the process is like from okay, you know, this is this is my baby, and they look um, not the way I expected to when they entered the world. Um, it's funny. I'm on your website, and if you want to check this out, babiesandbeer.com, and then there's a schedule there. And I looked at the agenda, and the last thing on the agenda there is there's other topics and then Q&A. Outside yeah. of what you cover, I, boy, I would imagine it's the Q&A part that goes the longest. What comes up? Uh, I had the most amazing thing happened at like my second class that I ever hosted. I got halfway through the presentation um, and he said, I know because I showed the agenda before and he said, hey, I know Q&A comes a little bit later, but let me first ask this question. How do you hold a baby? Oh, I'm I so scared. That. What do I do? And I thought, man, I made this gentleman feel so comfortable and vulnerable in front of uh, his peers to say, I'm going to call it out. I don't know how to hold a baby. And that just kind of broke the water for the rest of the day. Um, it was a great question. Everybody feeling like they could ask whatever they wanted. And so we go over the very simple things of how to hold a baby if you've never held a baby before. Wow. Uh, yeah, that is um, so I, I'm, I'm impressed that somebody thought of that because that is as basic as it gets is how and, yeah. and there is a way to do it and a way not to do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they were most fearful of. They said, you know, I want to be the best partner that I can, but I also want to keep my child safe. Um, and so 
I know that there has to be a wrong way to do these things. So tell me what not, or tell me what I can do to avoid that. And so we talk about it as a football analogy, you know, how we, we go over holding a baby like a football, not in like a cradle, like you normally would a term large infant. Um, and they're like, wow, you know, I do. I, I totally understand this. I get it. And then I have a mannequin for every dad that attends the class and we practice hands on. I said, all right, class is paused. We're all going to grab our infants and we're going to hold this baby. We are going to practice how somebody, what you, what you would do if somebody just handed you the kid and you had to hold it, mm -hmm. what would you do? Oh, wow. I'm just so impressed. Um, okay. So if we were to call this the babies and beer 101, are, do you ever think about doing like a 201? Like after, after year one, do you get that request? Yeah, so I've had I've had the request for a 201. The pro, uh, the issue that I run into with 201 is that becomes a lot about parenting. Um, and my goal in this course was never to tell somebody how to raise their child. I'm not here to help them and give them parenting tips on the do's and don'ts. They'll work on that with their partner because that gets pretty fuzzy into people's ideals and beliefs and how they were raised. What I can provide them in this short course, this 101, is evidence-based care like you there's a right way to be doing most of these things whereas with parenting we know there's so many different ways based on your uh, philosophy ideas on how to raise a child i also wonder if there, i'm thinking of things that i would i would be curious about a request like has anybody asked are you around for for calls like if they have questions later can they call you with questions or can they call other yeah. people in the group yeah, so the, I had a class two, two, uh, two sessions ago that was four guys. And at the end of the class, at the end of the Q&A, I said, all right, guys, you're, you're about to depart, and you have a really unique opportunity where you are sitting around a table with three other guys that are having a baby within the same general time frame as you are. Um, do that with you as you please. Um, but I'm going to be wrapping up here. If you guys want to stay and chat, you want to hang out. And by the end of it, they had all swapped numbers. And I am 90% sure that they went golfing the weekend after um, <laughs> because that was something that came out in the beginning when I have them introduce and give a hobby. Uh, they all mentioned golfing. And it was one of the greatest things I've seen is that community built right there around the table. And it's so funny because we hear so much about mom groups. I mean, there's even a website that I check every day called scarymommy.com. I mean, it's we hear so much about moms having other support to lean on. We never talk about it with dads. Yeah. Like I said, if you do the Google Kansas City dad meetup, you know, there might be one or two really small, um, small groups. And it's the vulnerability piece that I see. And these guys have already chosen to be vulnerable enough to show up to a dad's class. And so they just keep leaning into that vulnerability. And I think they'll work out better for it. Uh, Nate, we had a caller uh, who wanted to know if the class covers CPR. Uh, the, it does not. So that's a liability. It's a big liability course that I would have to get certified in to teach. Okay. Um, and so if I was going to teach you infant CPR, I need to have you signed off, checked off and up and skilled in that. And that's a totally different course than what I'm offering in simple facts that I'm just asking for two hours of your time to give you the best information that I can. And if CPR was added in, that would be completely different and a much longer class. If somebody wanted to know that, is that like Red Cross? I know there are, there are places where you can learn infant uh, infant CPR. Um, I think that the Red Cross would be a really great place to start. Um, okay. I'm not I'm not positive, so okay. I can't give that caller the right place to direct them. But start with your uh, Red Cross. The website is babiesandbeer.com. You can click on the book now tab. There is a fee associated with this. 
Yes. Uh, it, it's a, it's a 50, it's a $50 course for two hours. Um, and that fee is for me to, um, use for the diapers, the wipes, the formulas that we practice with the mannequins that I bought up front. And then, um, my dream, my real, my, where I want to get to is I'd love for this class to be free through sponsorship, whether or not that could be employers giving out, um, gift cards to potential dads whether that be a generous donor in the community that wants to sponsor a class, there's sponsorship opportunities. Um, and then that way I could say, hey, everybody, uh, I got 15 slots for December that are wide open, first come, first served, and it was sponsored by this. So, And there is a gift card love- tab on the top of your website that makes yeah. it super easy to do that. Yeah, and so, but it actually, if you go under the um, more products or if you go under additional dates, uh, so if you click on book now, go future dates, it's actually a list of items. You can do sponsorships um, through that. And then there's also gift cards if it, if there was that business that wanted to start that process with their clients. Next class All is, Octo- uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just want to say, I said clients, but actually they're employees. Oh, got it. Okay. Next class is October 23rd. Um, still have availability, it looks like, up on the website. Yep. Um, Nate Matson, I love the idea and keep us posted on how it's going. I will. And I want to make a correction. It's October 25th uh, is the next class. I host them on Wednesdays. Um, I don't want to compete with Monday night football. Um, (laughs) And so Wednesdays are the safe day for me to stay away from football. I had to throw Monday, Thursday and Sunday out. So um, and then shout out to Brew Lab for helping me out. And they have a pretty awesome trivia night on Tuesdays. So I couldn't compete with Tuesday either. Can I point something out to you real fast about your website? Yeah, (laughs) it shows 25th initially. And then if you click on book now where you actually have to hit the attend 50 bucks, that's where it says October 23rd. All right. Let so, me change that. Thank <laughs> you so much. Sorry. I didn't want to be the bearer of bad news there. But yes, I want to make sure people know it is October 25th, uh, 7 until 9 p.m. at Brew Lab in downtown Overland Park. Super cool, Nate. Would love to keep in touch. Yep. Take care. Thanks so much, Nate Matson. Again, it is babiesandbeer.com. All right, we have a few updates. I have about 15 stories in my stack of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I promise we won't do them all, but we'll talk about a couple of these coming up next here on KMBZ. Someday, Colin is going to pick Taylor Swift songs I like. It's apparently not going to be today. I could have picked the other one. I really <laughs> thought about worse. it. I really yes. did think about it. Remember when I liked Taylor Swift when she did country? We don't play any of that anymore. I, I know. Just people are going to say she never did country. Are, people hear it and they go, oh, that's Taylor. Immediately. This is absolutely Taylor Swift. Okay. We only have four minutes or so until Dana Wright takes over. I have a list of stories that we will never get to all of them. And I know that's fine, but it's getting ridiculous now with this. Um, So the most newsy news story I have about this union between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift is that she will be at Sunday's Chiefs Jets game. Not a huge shock. She has a place in New York, so that's that's not a huge shock. But she will, in fact, be there. Some of you were texting in about, like, she's going to be back here at some point, and you're hearing rumors about where she's going to be. We know that she left on Tuesday because there were pictures of a plane out of KCI. So we, we already know that that was the thing. We know now that um, Patrick Mahomes met her. He mentioned that yesterday um, in, the, in, in the news conference that they always do on Wednesdays. He mentioned that. Now we know that they hung out or that they met at that post-game event at the restaurant. TMZ, which probably is going to have a tab at some point at the top dedicated to this, 
has sources with direct knowledge that um, Brittany Mahomes hit it off with Taylor Swift at that private post-game store uh, party. Sources say the two chatted a ton at the bash and had a good time and said they want to keep in touch. Okay, great. So there's that. Daily Mail had the exclusive about Taylor Swift being seen leaving Travis Kelsey's mansion before Sunday's game. Like they hung out before the game started on Sunday. And then the Today Show said, their source said, that they actually met up a month ago in New York. So that this, if it made it seem like it was a surprise that she was at Sunday's game, no, it, it, there was that, it was no surprise. They actually hung out um, in New York a month ago. And so this was not the first time that they were there. The Hines story is for sure the weirdest thing going. Dana and I talked about it a little bit yesterday because it came out at this time yesterday. But if you missed this, um, I guess she was seen dipping her chicken during the game in ketchup and what they thought was ranch. Seemingly ranch. Seemingly ranch. So Hines said, how can we make money off this? And so in three days time, they had the idea, they bottled it, they came up with the brand for Heinz ketchup and seemingly ranch, which looks like light Thousand Island. If, if you just look at the color of the bottle. So they're doing that now. Then I saw a story that said the Empire State Building last night was lit up in those colors in honor of what Taylor Swift dips her chicken in. Um, there's more, but that's 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 where it is now, is that's how ridiculous it's getting. Um, so it will be interesting on Sunday to see what the ratings are for that game. Keep in mind in Kansas city, we've got Beyonce at the same time. So I don't know what the women, I don't know what the women numbers are going to be like here on Sunday, how many people are going to be out at that concert. But even the New York post was even putting out stuff about, um, if you didn't see Taylor Swift, the last time she performed at MetLife stadium, she's going to be there on Sunday. Like they were, they were promoting tickets to the chiefs Mets game as not for a way to see the football game for a way to see Taylor Swift there. It's just, you say Mets? Did I say Mets? I think you say it's Jets. I meant Jets. Yes. It's my brain is on. It's almost 2 p.m. So sorry. Good I meant Jets. You're right. Isn't it? I, mean, Met I knew Life, what you meant. Isn't it MetLife Stadium? Yes. That's what I. Okay. That's what I meant then. Yeah. That she performed there last time. So if you didn't see her there, you can see the Chiefs play the Jets and her on. So it's it's she's the attraction now, not football, which I'm sure makes football fans absolutely thrilled. I don't care. I'm here for the game. I'm going to watch the game. And if they sure on TV, thumbs up, man. Fantastic. But I'm I'm going to watch the game. Oh, then there was the other thing. We don't have a ton of time for this. This was the other actual story was that um, this was out of the New York Post saying that she would not let Fox play her music at Arrowhead Stadium during the game. Um, when Fox heard the rumors that she would be in attendance at the game, they sought permission to use some of her music on the broadcast, but were swiftly, see what they did there, swiftly turned down by her record label and publishing company due to speculation about her love life. And they would not let Fox play any of her music during the broadcast. Okay, I like that. That's a business decision. I, I like that they're, because then she's not, to the extent that she can make it not be about her, she's making it not be about her. So, yeah, everybody remember this from what seems like. Here you go. 
Here's your here's your country. A gazillion years ago. Yeah, this is this is what Taylor Swift considered to be country when she first came out. All right, that does it for us for the day. Dana Wright coming up next here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.